saying, I am the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last. What you see, write in a book. Send it to the seven churches which are in Asia, Ephesus, Smyrna, Pergamos, Thyatira, Sardis, to Philadelphia and Laodicea. Fast forward to the 20... Forgive me, the 21st chapter. Now I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away. And there was no more sea. Then I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride, adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people. God himself will be with them and, their, and be their God. And God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There shall be no more death, no sorrow, nor crying. There shall be no more pain, for the former things have passed away. Then he who sat on the throne said, Behold, I, I make all things new. And he said to me, Write these words. They are true and they are faithful. He said to me, It is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega. Jesus is the King of kings and Lord of lords. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Is he your King? So I wanted to give you all an opportunity. I mentioned it last week, and over the years I've played various different versions of this video, but I want to give you the opportunity. This gives me a personal revival every time I look at one of these. This is S.M. Lockridge, a great preacher. Um, I, I hope you enjoy it as much as I do. Amen. My king was born king. The Bible says he's a seven-way king. He's a king of the Jews. That's a racial king. He's a king of Israel. That's a national king. He's a king of righteousness. He's a king of the ages. He's a king of heaven. He's a king of glory. He's a king of kings. And he is the Lord of lords. Now that's my king. Well, I wonder if you know him. Do you know him? Don't try to mislead me. Do you know my king? David said the heavens declare the glory of God and the firmament showeth his handiwork. My king is the only one in whom there's no means of measure can define his limitless love. No far-seeing telescope can bring into visibility the coastline of his soulless supply. No barriers can hinder him from pouring out his blessing. Well, well, he's enduringly strong. He's entirely sincere. He's eternally steadfast. He's immortally graceful. He's impurely powerful. And he's impartially merciful. That's my king. He's God's son. He's a sinner's savior. He's the centerpiece of civilization. He stands alone in himself. He's august. He's unique. He's unparalleled. He's unprecedented. He's supreme. He's preeminent. Well, he's the loftiest idea in literature. He's the highest personality in philosophy. He's the supreme problem in high criticism. He's a fundamental doctrine of true theology. He's the cardinal necessity of spiritual religion. And that's my king. He's the miracle of the age. 
He's the superlative of everything good that you choose to call him. Well, he, he's the only one able to supply all of our needs simultaneously. He supplies strength for the weak. He's available for the tempted and the tried. He sympathizes and he saves. He's far apart and he dies. He heals the sick. He cleans the lepers. He forgives sinners. He discharges debtors. He delivers the captives. He defends the feeble. He blesses the young. He serves the unfortunate. He regards the age. He rewards the diligent. And he beautifies the meek. Do you know him? Well, my king is a king of knowledge. He's a wellspring of wisdom. He's a doorway of deliverance. He's a pathway of peace. He's a roadway of righteousness. He's a highway of holiness. He's a gateway of glory. He's a master of the mighty. He's a captain of the populace. He's a head of the heroes. He's a leader of the legislators. He's an overseer of the overcomers. He's a governor of governors. He's a prince of princes. He's a king of kings. And he's a lord of lords. That's my king. Yeah. Yeah. That's my king. My king. Yeah. His office is manifold. His promise is sure. His life is matchless. His goodness is limitless. His mercy is everlasting. His love never changes. His word is enough. His grace is sufficient. His reign is righteous. His yoke is easy and his burden is light. Well, I wish I could describe him to you, but he, he's indescribable. He's indescribable. Yeah. He, he's incomprehensible. He's invincible. He's irresistible. I'm trying to tell you, the heavens of heavens cannot contain him, let alone a man explaining him. You can't get him out of your mouth. You can't get him off of your hand. You can't outlive him, and you can't live without him. Well, Pharisees couldn't stand him. But they found out they couldn't stop him. Pilate couldn't find any fault in him. The witnesses couldn't get their testimonies to agree. Herod couldn't kill him. Death couldn't handle him. And the grave couldn't hold him. That's my king. Yeah! He always has been. And he always will be. I'm talking about he had no predecessor, and he'll have no successor. There was nobody before him, and there'll be nobody after him. You can't impeach him, and he's not going to resign. That's right. Hallelujah. 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 There's so many different versions of that, but whenever I need a personal revival, that's all I've got to look at. That is my king. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Father, in Jesus' name, thank you for this opportunity to come together. Lord, it means nothing without you. This gathering means absolutely nothing without you. So despite who we are, despite what we've done, Lord, we ask that you would tarry here with us. 
Holy Spirit, please guide, lead everything. Get me out of the way. Lord, help us all to concentrate, to focus in like laser beams. To really understand that your presence is with us. And to glean everything that we should just by being in your presence. Father, thank you for all that you've done and all that you're about to do. In Jesus' name, amen? Amen. Maybe I'm just goofy, I don't know. But, you know, in, in these days when we see how power and structures and governments are totally abused and powers abused and so on and so forth, and we see the example of, of Jesus, and we see the example of my king, my king carrying a cross for me, my king giving up his life for me, the ultimate sacrifice that was made, awesome. But he's still king. He's still on the throne. And I love that last little bit. You can't impeach him. And he's not going to resign. Amen. So we see now impeachment has become a regular exercise. Not my king. You can't impeach him. And he ain't going to resign. Amen. Hallelujah. I don't know if I can even do this today. Hallelujah. Not my king. You can't impeach him. I'm going to begin to read. um, I'm going to be in Acts chapter 17. Um, Some will be on the board, but I'm going to give you, uh, I'm going to read to you several verses so that we can begin with context and in context. Now, when they passed through Amphipolis and uh, Apollonia, they came to Thessalonica where there was a synagogue of the Jews. Now, they is Paul, Silas, and everyone who traveled with them. Again, for further context, they had just come from the uh, being arrested in Philippi for you know, casting out the demon out of that uh, girl that had a spirit of divination, and they were cast. And then remember, the jailer uh, was, and his whole house got saved because in the midnight hour, they, Paul and Silas were singing praises unto the Lord, and the Lord caused an earthquake, and everybody stayed, all the prisoners stayed. And Paul and Silas got to preach the gospel and to baptize the jailer and everyone in his house. So after that, they, this is, describes what happened after the fact. Now in verse 2, Then Paul, as his custom was, went into them, and for three Sabbaths reasoned with them from the Scriptures, explaining and demonstrating that Christ had to suffer and rise again from the dead, and saying that this Jesus whom I preach to you is the Christ. And some of them were persuaded, and great multitude of the devout Greeks, and not a few of the leading women joined Paul and Silas. But the Jews who were not persuaded, becoming envious, took some of the evil men from the marketplace and gathered a mob, set all the city in an uproar, and attacked the house of Jason, and sought to bring them out to the people. But when they did not find them, they dragged Jason and some brethren to the rulers of the city, crying out, These who have turned the world upside down have come here too. Jason was harboring them, or Jason harbored them. And these are, the, these are all acting contrary to the decree of Caesar, saying, There is another king, Jesus. And they troubled the crowd and the rulers of the city and they heard these, when they heard these things. So when they had taken security from Jason and the rest, they let them go. My brothers and sisters, um, obviously, you know, that one little phrase in there where they, they accused them of having another king and him being Jesus. I mean, that's what first attracted, I think, me intellectually 
to this, but I think more so spiritually. As I see, as I, then as I started to, to really study this and read this and, 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 and look at it, I see so much where we are. You know, where, where basically we have um, unlawfulness being really what guides and governs right now for, to, a, to a great degree. I mean, I'm not sure, and, and I'm not, listen, if, if any of you take this as being political or whatever, I, I, there's nothing I could do about it. If you don't see by now that it's not about uh, Republican, Democrat, conservative, liberal, progressive, whatever label you want, if you don't know by now this is just Christ and Antichrist, then I don't know what else I can tell you. Then you'll never get it. But I am saying to you, as we see what's happening in the, the current culture, we see it played out before our eyes. And so when I see that, we're now you, and I'm, I'm sure many of you heard this week that there are many uh, retailers now who are shutting down stores all over the country because they're being robbed like crazy. And, and, and you know, and, and, you know and, and you, we could say this, well, it's isolated. It's, it's not isolated. The general thing in uh, the country, the general thing in not just this country, is um, that civilization, Western culture, Western civilization is grounded, the foundation is Judeo-Christianity. So you have to remove, in order to rebuild that in something other than what it is, you have to first remove the foundation. And that's why, my brothers and sisters, that if you call yourself a Marxist or if you call yourself, think, think of it in just, again, from a secular term, if you think of it in any one of those uh, geopolitical uh, types, it, it, it's, you, first thing you have to do is chip away, break away from the Judeo-Christian foundation because Western culture, republic, ours happens to be a, a capitalist republic in its founding and in the only way that it works is if there's a belief in a higher authority than that of humans. That's the only way that it works. And the founders of this country, no matter what you would think of them, it doesn't matter. They, they understood that because they were very careful to put that in the documents. So then, my brothers and sisters, again, if you want to be upset with me because I'm starting this way, well, I have one king. His name is Jesus. Amen? And that kingdom is not of this earth. It's in my heart. However, however, my brothers and sisters, the enemy, the prince in the power of the air is trying to make sure that that king has no authority, no rule, nothing here. Remove everything and anything he can from here. Amen? So now we're seeing that played out in the culture. Right? And so my brothers and sisters, that's what, uh, in my studies, that's what I, I looked at in here. And so please bear with me and hopefully the Holy Ghost will minister to you like he's ministered to me. So picking it up in verse 5 of chapter 17. The Jews who were not persuaded, becoming envious, took some of the evil men from the marketplace and gathered a mob. My brothers and sisters, this is... This is and it, I'm, I'm sure that each and every one of us in this room can relate to some of this in, in a way. What I mean by that is, if you look at what happened to the Jews that chose not to believe in the gospel that was preached by Paul and Silas, they became envious. Why? Because there were people that were following them. There were people that were believing them. These men now had influence over people that they wanted to have influence with. 
whether that influence be because of personal gain, which 99.9% .9 of the time, as human beings, that's the way it goes. Right? Come on, let's be honest. Okay, so whether it be that, whether it be, uh, it, it, you know, it's financial gain. It's, it's you know, there, or, you know, we're losing some power and some authority. We're, use, we're losing some of the sway or the influence that we have on the culture or we have on our community. We're no longer the big shots. Uh, now, I'm going to say these things, and, and we could generally, and I'm saying generally, I wasn't there, you, was, you were not there, but when we see words like this, we can deduce because things haven't changed from the foundation. People are still people. And so no matter what the exact reason why these folks became envious, we can deduce many things, many reasons why, and it all goes back to selfish instead of selfless. Amen? They took some evil men from the marketplace and gathered a mob. And see, this is, where I'm, this is what I'm looking. And this is, my brothers and sisters, this is right out of the playbook of those geopolitical groups that are trying to uh, knock down our virtue, knock down the foundation, erase Judeo-Christianity virtue from the culture and from society. What do they do? They incite different groups of people to do their battling for them, to cause chaos, to cause destruction, to get you and I to look at what's happening around us and to either take up arms ourselves, and I don't mean get a gun, get no, to do something, to defend ourselves when He is our defense. Amen? So to start relying on other groups that sound like us, that look like us, that appear to have our interests as their interests. And so we, we start aligning with different, that's what's happening. Hallelujah. I'm not, again, I, I, I feel, help me, Lord. It bothers me to the extent that we have so many of our young people still having to live in this world, still having to deal with these things, and maybe don't see it quite like we do. And that, in, in any way, am I not trying to demean any of our young people that happen to be here or happen to be listening? You just don't have the same experience. But here's the thing, my brothers and sisters, and, and it's, not, it's not just subject to young people now because even some of us older people are falling into the same trap because of insecurities. Come on. Or now we're, we're forgetting. And see, my brothers and sisters, that's why we need to meet as a group and we need to hear this word, study this word together and encourage each other. Amen. Come on. Why? Because it could be easier for the enemy of your soul to attack you, to get you to believe this lie when you're watching the news or you're seeing you know, a feed on your phone or whatever the case may be. It happens. Man, I, I hear news headlines all the time. Uh, you know, sometimes I'll tune in to find out what's going on. And you know, it never ceases to amaze me how, just how bad things are getting as it relates to further and further away from common sense, further and further away to the, to, to the uh, Judeo-Christian values. Further and further away. Okay, so now there's these mobs that are stirred up. In the church, we have churches divided. It's even working in the churches. I'm ashamed to tell you. I mean, you know, there's in, in, in our town, one of the things that we did, the vision for this church, when we first started from a little prayer group, there was a small prayer group that started. And one of the things was the church that we were going to, it was mixed, but it wasn't very mixed. 
And we wanted to, our group wanted to go down, and we wanted to go down kind of like what, and I, I thank Terry for, and, and Jody for what they're doing, uh, leading the um, care and share group. But what we did was go down to that area where it's more mixed. There's more people of color, more minorities, and certainly people who are in need. And I'm not in any way making it in emphasis or in inference here, I should say, that people of color are more in need than anybody else. That's, that's not my point. And see, and see, do you see how, what I just had to do? Do you see that? You don't have to do that. I appreciate that. But do you understand that? That's where we live right now. I want to be so careful. I don't want to offend anybody. But I'm telling you, my brothers and sisters, there was a group of people that got together and we told the pastor, I told the pastor, we want to do something just a little bit different. And that pastor's heart was in the right place. He wanted to do it, but he was constrained. I really believe my heart was constrained. So that's what we started. We, we, did, we did our own. We did our own. And there have been through the years so many people that won't come here because my skin is lighter. And there's a lot of people who won't come to this church because there are people that have dark complexions that uh, go to this church, call this church their home. It's just amazing to me. So many of the people that used to come here now go to pa and I, uh, Pastor D. Reed. I'm telling you, if, you need, if that's where you are, you want to go to Pastor D. Reed as a, as a, a church that's alive. I, I've only attended a couple times for services. Seems like a straight-up guy. We talked a couple times. In fact, I begged him. We talked about doing ministry together so that uh, you know, dark-skinned people, light-skinned people can minister together. We could be one like we're called to be. But see, that's not where we are right now. Even in the church, we have black churches, we have Asian churches, we have white churches. We have, are you kidding me? We're one body. One body. And my brothers and sisters, the word is not different for a person of a different nationality or a different skin color or a different gender. It's the same for everybody. Isn't it? So now here's what happens. But because the enemy of your soul and mine has a plan, this is what he does. He starts dividing us and forms us into these little mobs. And then all of a sudden, if we're not careful, we could be influenced by this mob, that mob, or the other mob. Uh, Christians? Yes. Christians. Absolutely. But in verse 6, when they did not find him, listen, so now look, they, they go to Jason's house. They know, they have an idea where Paul and Silas are staying, where this group is staying. So they go to Jason's house. Now Jason becomes a target. My brothers and sisters, I'm telling you this, this is, we haven't reached this point yet, but we're getting close. We are getting close. Listen, I know that you guys know some of this. Right now, there are, talk, there are passing laws and there are things that are being done and it's already been done where parents of minor children who do not agree to gender switch, they're taking the kids away. They're taking them out of their house. What does that have to do with this? It, it, nothing. No, everything. Because now they will go to your house and they will seize your property. Why? For no other reason other than you don't agree with the mob. And so my brothers and sisters, why should we be afraid? No. Jesus is your king. Yes. And remember what he says in Revelation. I am the alpha. I am the omega. I am the beginning and the end. Everything is going to come down to me. Amen? Amen. We just have to endure. And it's going to be better when we know what's happening around us, when we have spiritual eyes and our hearts are strengthened from above. Not, eh, and we live together 
in, listen, as one body strengthening each other. I'm going to jump the gun here a little bit. Um, uh, I don't know if I gave this to them, so if they didn't, uh, please forgive me. In Hebrews chapter 10, and, and yesterday when we were together, uh, thank God, I mean, Terry always lets me share a little bit, and just it was on my heart, because what I find in a lot of cases, and I did it a couple times yesterday, even with Evie with me, you know, uh, sharing with uh, Hispanic folks, thank God I had a translator, or Spanish is... Mi español es muy mal. I, I, couldn't, I couldn't speak very well. And, she, and thank God, so we got to minister to some folks, and I'm so thankful for that. But anyway, my brothers and sisters, and this is what I find myself saying to people, because almost to a, a letter, almost everyone that I speak to, and if we talk about church, they say, yeah, I, you know, I have a church, or I've been to a church, or whatever, or are you going now? And no, I don't go. I don't want to go. I, I don't need to go. Or, or they make excuses why they can't go, or blah, 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 blah. Okay? So I find myself a lot speaking to people out of Hebrews uh, chapter 10. And when I speak to them, I speak to them, you know, forsake not the assembling of yourselves together has become the custom of some, right? Especially when you see that day approaching. What day? That day when it's all going to come undone. Amen? Amen. The day that, of the Lord. And that day is approaching. If you can't see that, you're blind in one eye and can't see out of the other spiritually. I'm just telling you. It's coming soon. But now, uh, it, so really, I was motivated then by all of what the studying that I've been doing and then with this on top of it yesterday. I want to go back. Uh, could you put, did I give you that? It's chapter 10, 20, beginning in verse 23. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope. Thank you. Of our hope without wavering. For he who promised is faithful. And let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works. You see, my brothers and sisters, that's what this is about. So when they're, when they're stirring up mobs out there, when they're stirring up things and they're trying to do things and use every quiver, every arrow in their quiver to affect our children and to tell our children how we are outdated, we are relics, and they need to go... Come on, see, somebody knows what I'm talking about right now. When they do those things, it's up to us to keep each other stirred up. But watch, look at this. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope. Jesus Christ is king. That's why I started like I started. He is the Alpha and the Omega. No matter what happens, no matter how bad it gets, no matter what things, no matter what mob is formed, Jesus has the final say-so. And even if they take my life, I'm going home to be with him. To be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. Amen? Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Because he... He showed me that. I have the hope. What do you mean? The grave is empty. The tomb is empty. And I know if the enemy of your soul and mine, if he wanted to totally destroy Judeo-Christianity, all he has to do is produce the bones of Christ. And all these years, he still can't do it. Hallelujah. Still can't do it. Wow, they hit it real good. Really? Okay. Then that means that all of those people in the early church that were martyred, they did it based on a lie. Do you, do you, so so, so um, we're going to get to Peter because the mob affected Peter, didn't it? He denied Christ three times. Why? Because the mob affected him. But that same Peter who was affected by the mob on one day, some days later, uh-uh. 
gets arrested and is standing before the same tribunal that Jesus stood before. And he says, listen, they're commanded, don't preach in that name. Well, you know, you tell us. I'm going to toning language right now. This is my day city vernacular. Hey, you tell us. Is it better for us to listen to God or listen to you? Because I don't know, but I think I should listen to God. <laughs> We're going to preach in the name of Jesus. The same one who was intimidated by this mob that had virtually no authority over him, now he's standing over an ultimate authority and they're commanding him not to preach and now he's saying, uh-uh, got to do it. Go listen to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, since I've really broke the place, I don't know where I'm going. But here's what I like. Look, when they didn't find him at Jason's house, they dragged Jason out now they're going to persecute Jason a little bit. I'm telling you, my brothers, my sisters, my older brothers, my older sisters, parents, you're going, it's coming. I've been telling you this since 2012. In 2012, we were a pretty thriving congregation, 30 to 40, pretty regular. When I started preaching this, whew, I'm telling you, we're here. We're here. So people will be trying to intimidate you and drag you out and, and just embarrass you in public and, and before your peers and, and so many other things that will be happening. They did this to Jason. And Jason had to pay some kind of a bond, some kind of a security. So, so Jason and some of the brethren that to the rules said they carried him out. These who have turned the world upside down have come here too. These who have turned the world upside down have come here too. These who have turned the world upside down have come here too. So watch. His kingdom's not of here. So if he's my king, as far as they're concerned, when they look at me, I'm upside down. Why? I'm not marching to the beat of their drum. My king is of heaven. Their king is of earth. So yeah, they're looking at these folks as they're doing things upside down. They're turning things around. People are starting to follow that. They're, 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 they're having influence on all. It's different. It's totally different. Amen? Is, will people say that of you? Will people say that of this church? Come on. Th think about that for a moment. If people say, well, I, I've had people tell me, I don't go to your church because it's more like a, a college course because you have all the, the words you're teaching. It's more like a, I want to be preached at. Nah. What am I going to tell you? <laughs> it's his word. Amen. Amen? And so I'm going to preach, teach, whatever it is. I, you know, oh, and then I have uh, other critics. Have, well, you know, Pastor, you have to do more expository type preaching. This topical stuff is just not right. You have to, you know, take it back bit by bit, part by part and all that. Okay, listen, I think what I do, and you could, I think what we're doing here is topical and expository rolled up into one because we're preaching topics we're, we're, we're giving exposition we're exposing the scripture we're taking apart the scriptures to preach the topic how could you not do that and then using the stories to prove the point let's see who first did that oh Jesus come on okay so now let's go forward these who have turned the world upside down have come here too Jason has harbored them, and these are all acting contrary to the decrees of Caesar, saying there is another king, Jesus. Bottom line. Amen. See, that's how they're going to go after you and me. See, that's how they're shutting us down right now. See, right now, it's just you're being, what's the words they're using? Uh, I said marginalized, but canceled. Right now, we're being canceled. If you say the wrong thing, like if I say the wrong thing here with YouTube, they'll 
shut me down or whatever. Have we ever done that? They've canceled us a couple of times. Yeah, hallelujah, it's a badge of honor. I said something. <laughs> uh, <laughs> amen. But, 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 but listen, though, though listen, my brothers and sisters, listen. That, that's coming, it's, it's done locally too. It's done on small scales as well. Right? We've, we're conditioning our kids to really get into and have dopamine rushes when they're getting all these likes. Come on. And so now the opposite would be true. Now when they're not getting the likes or whatever, what are they going to do? They're going to go ahead and turn it up a little bit. See, there's, they're being pressured by the crowd just a little bit. Come on. Now again, I don't mean to insult or you know, in any way downgrade my young people because we older people suffer the same thing, quite frankly. Amen? Hallelujah. So, there's another king, Jesus. And they troubled the crowd and the rulers of the city when they heard these things. So when they had taken security from Jason and the rest, they let them go. They had to go ahead and pay something. They're going to make you pay some kind of a penance. You're going to have to do something to show us that you're still going ahead and at least come under our authority. You're still going to go ahead and not get too, we're still going to have a thumb on you. We're still going to have some kind of a thumb on you. Now look, I don't want anybody to take anything I say here as, you know, hey, we're going to rebel against the government. No, that's not even what I'm saying. What I'm saying is we got to live like Christ in this. Now, it's going to cost you something. That's what I'm saying. That's how you know you're doing it right. Amen? If it's not costing you anything, and if you think, well, you know, there's a little bit here, we could do this a little bit, we, and the church can move this way just a little bit, and we're going to attract more people in, and all this, and, and it's going to go good. No, it's not going to go good. It won't go good. Amen? So now, again, we got this, this pressure, this constant pressure from, from the mob, from the culture. And, and my kids, my grandkids, I mean, all of our kids and us are in the middle of this, this pressure from the culture. Right? It's, it's, it's everywhere. There's a lot of... Um, psychology and there's a lot of things that are, are happening just all the time all around us whether it's um, movies sports uh, you know TV shows uh, obviously the internet and all of those platforms and it doesn't matter which side of the political spectrum you're on I mean there's all kind of opinions and all kind of things that are happening but all of it my brother and sister are designed to do one thing influence you you know I mean uh, kids now are really their whole thing is making money being an influencer isn't that true? Am I, somebody, so, yeah, hey, I know I'm not, you know, too technically savvy here, but I know that. And there are people that are making a lot of money being influencers. And what is that doing? It's just pumping information to steer minds and thoughts a certain way. Isn't that right? Okay. What about the church crowd? What are we doing to influence? What, what kind of influence are we having on the culture? Um, what kind of influence am I having on my house? What kind of influence are you having on your house? What kind of influence are you having on your community? Um, my brothers and sisters, it's, it's, I think we've gotten to the point where we can say things with our mouths. And I, I, don't put this up there in Matthew chapter 10. I, I, I have it for you, but you, you know the scripture. Uh, Matthew chapter 10, whoever confesses me before men, this is Jesus speaking, whoever confesses me before men, I'll confess him for the Father and his angels. Whoever denies me before men, I'll deny him. Amen? Okay, so now we all know that. And so very simply, so I'll, I, never conf I, I would never um, not confess Christ, right? But, okay, so, so I want to take that apart just a little bit. Here's what Jesus said. 
Jesus said this. If you're going to follow me, you have to deny yourself. Pick up your cross and follow me. There, there's a lot, and I know I've preached that before, and many of you don't need to hear it again. You, you know exactly what that means, but maybe someone knew. Listen, you know what? Uh, denying yourself means it's no longer about me. My life doesn't belong to me anymore. I'm going to now, I'm picking up my cross. I'm sacrificing myself, and I'm following him. My life now becomes his life, right? It, that's pretty simply what it says. So now, anything less than that, to me, as I read, without trying to take the scripture sideways or anything, anything less than that, I'm denying him. Is, when that, I'm denying him with his actions. Now, and, and Jesus, he even addressed that. I mean, we have, um, let's see, when the scribes and the Pharisees, I got a note here in Matthew chapter 15, and it's, I think it's in all the synop, synoptic gospels. Remember when Jesus' disciples, they wouldn't uh, wash their hands before they eat the disciple or the uh, Pharisees tried to get, uh, get after Jesus and said, you know, uh, here in verse 1, the scribes and Pharisees who were from Jerusalem gave Jesus, why do your disciples transgress the tradition of the elders for they do not wash their hands when they eat bread? Jesus explains to them, it's, right, it's not what goes in, it what comes out defiles you. You remember that? And he says, basically, he's telling them, you care more about your traditions and these little religious rules and laws that you set up. But look at what Jesus says in Matthew 15, 8. These people draw near to me with their mouth and, they're on, and they honor me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. And in vain they worship me, teaching as doctrines the commandments of men. Okay, I'm going to pause here. Okay, see, because we could go on and, and we can know and we've taught it and the Bible is warning against the doctrines in the last days, the false doctrines, many of them that would have been preached. But now Jesus is speaking to, to in that day of the religious doctrines, those rules and laws that the Pharisees and the scribes added to the law of Moses, amen, to guide and guard you know, the people to have control over the people, that kind of thing. Okay, now Jesus is quoting Isaiah, I believe it's chapter 28 or chapter 29 that Jesus is quoting here. My brothers and sisters, okay, what does that have to do with us, a New Testament congregation in this day? Well, it could, it could mean a lot of things, and here's one of them. See, just because um, we've got a, a faithful bunch of people in here, and I appreciate the fact that I can count on most of you that are in this room right now to be here every Sunday, and I appreciate that. Because now I don't have to preach to empty chairs, totally an empty room. I have fellowship. No, but more than that, I know that there are people that we're, we're in this together. Amen? And, and it's more than just my kids and, and my kids' kids and all that, right? It's, we're in this together. We're family, right? But my brothers and sisters, if it comes down to where, okay, I've got to go somewhere, and I'm going to go to a place where I'm comfortable, which is really what it has become. Or I'm going to go to a place where I could be entertained and all that. And I say the same things almost every week, but I can't help it. That's what this is speaking to then. It, so let's, again, let's apply this in a New Testament uh, congregation or a New Testament setting. You know, Jesus is talking about the religious rules and laws. Well, if I'm doing something and I'm only doing it out of religion, I'm not really following Christ. I'm doing something to satisfy my own conscience or I'm doing something that, listen, is a behavioral change. Because let me go back. Their heart... 
They worship me in vain. They worship me teaching as doctrines and commandments. Men. Oh, I apologize. It's in verse 8. I, they honor me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. That's it. So you can honor him with your lips. You can honor him even with some of your actions. But if those actions are only to soothe your conscience or only to go ahead and think that you've paid penance enough to earn favor with him or to earn your salvation or to earn some kind of a standing with the Lord. That's, that's totally, that's a false teaching. It's a false doctrine. It's a false theology. Are you with me? See, that's how you could take what they're saying, Jesus is saying to a group of religious leaders who are, are adding to the law of Moses. What do we do as a New Testament congregation or as New Testament believers? What do we add to or what do we say or what do we, what label do we give to the actions that we take? It's a Christian thing that I'm doing that really are only satisfying us. Did that, did that come out right? So now I've done my Christian duty and so I'm good. Are you there? See, so that's how I would, I take something like this. Okay, I'm, I'm worshiping him with my lips or there's certain things that I'm doing but really is my heart with Christ? Right? I think that's what that's speaking to. So now uh, there's, there's, there's that church crowd thing. And, it, and it, it reminds me too of a, a scripture that we were in. I can't even remember the weeks run together. Remember in 2 Timothy where Paul says that there's in the last of the church, describing the church, there's going to be a form of godliness, but there's going to be this denial, denial of the power. What power is he talking about? To speak in tongues? No. The resurrection power, the power that there's a new life inside of you now. Right? The old Tony has passed away. The new Tony now is living and he's living, listen, Galatians 2.20, I'm crucified with Christ, yet I live. Not I, Christ lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave his life for me. That's the life. That's the power. That's the power that he's speaking to. And that power, my brothers and sisters, is available to all of us. We have that potential, amen? We still have a choice. And listen, we blow it. I'm, I'm, I'm Tim, don't laugh at me. I'll tell on you what you did yesterday about the food. I'm teasing. I'm just teasing. My brothers and sisters, listen. I'm talking now about, I'm talking to a New Testament church. I'm talking to people who are faithful. We have to be careful. And my brothers and sisters, we could see the way the church is going and doctrines and denominations and these different beliefs. I, I don't want the church crowd to influence us into the, into the so that we're not really rooted and grounded in the truth. Right? And so that, we're, that our foundation is a firm foundation so that because it's going, he's going to shake. He's a, he said it. He said it in his scripture. He's, going, there's, he's bringing a shaking. And that which is not going to be on that firm foundation, that, that's going to be shaken. But we won't be shaken. We are stirred. Amen? Amen? We are stirred, not shaken. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. So, I, I'm also I, I, I'm thinking of all these examples that I could see while Jesus was on the earth. And the one thing that I, I was reminded of is, it's, I think this one's in all the synoptics as well. Um, but remember, I, I'm specifically I'll speak out of John chapter 6. Remember Jesus, um, he fed uh, the 5,000, right? And so, when he fed the 5,000, after that, he, uh, he sent his uh, closest disciples to the other side of the sea. Remember? And then he walked across the water. Now, 
when the, all the other people who were part of the group that got that 5,000 that were fed, that when they got up in the morning, they didn't see it. So they finally, they found Jesus on the other side of the sea and they addressed Jesus. You know, where, what happened? Where'd you go? I mean, we were looking for you. Jesus, in, in verse 26 of chapter 6, Jesus answered him and said, Most assuredly I say to you, you seek me not because you saw the signs, but because you ate of the loaves and were filled. Do not labor for the food which perishes, but for the food which endures to everlasting life, which the Son of Man will give you because God the Father has sent him, set his seal on him. My brothers and sisters, okay, Tony, I, okay, I, okay, so now watch. You have all of those people. Now the 5,000 that were counted, there was more than 5,000 people there. You know that, right? So there's 5,000, but there's more than 5,000. Okay, they're having church. They're being preached to. They're following Jesus. They're not just hearing a, you know, a 45-minute sermon. They're literally following Jesus. And Jesus is saying, man, they've been with us for a while. We need to feed them. Right? So that's how I know. I'm not trying to take license here. We know that they were there for a while. Why? Because Jesus said they've been, they've been here for a while. We need to feed them. See? You guys get a little impatient. I mean, your stomach is starting to roll over. I've got to beat the Baptist to the Golden Corral. I mean, hey. Listen. You feed them. We don't have nothing. But, but I love this. So the church lets out the elders of the church and Jesus, the pastor, go to the other side. Now the rest of the congregation, where'd everybody go? Where's the leader? Where's the pastor? Let's go. They find him. And, and, and look what Jesus is saying. Look, you had church. You were part of the congregation. But really, the only reason why you're part of this is because of the physical things that you're getting. It's because of the, the, your perception that these things, your physical, the things in this life are going to be better for you. Am I taking license there, my brothers and sisters? I, 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 I appreciate you agreeing with that, uh, my brothers and sisters, because do not labor for food which perishes, but for the food which endures to everlasting life. That proves that. What Jesus is saying is you're looking at the here and now. Come on. Come on. Stay with me. Right? So, so how, does, how is this... Jesus, wait, Jesus is our king, right? There's the mobs now. We have the mob outside, but we have the mob inside. Yes. And so the mob inside, we don't want to be caught up in that mob inside, yet Jesus is going to take care of everything. Yes, do I believe that? Absolutely. Seek ye first, I had to quote this a few times yesterday, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. All what things? The things that you need. Yes. In its context, remember that in that chapter, chapter 6, Matthew, Right? Okay, so my brothers and sisters, but Jesus is saying, he's saying to the church, you're going after me just because you think the physical things are going to be taken care of. And you have, and see, and, and here's the rebuke. There's some people in this room, there's some people watching that we are govern our lives that way. I don't mean that we're only following Jesus because we might have food on the table or we have, no, but we look at those things as being so important that we wouldn't be willing to give a job away because it's taking away from our spiritual life. Come on. Hey, man. I had that issue once. I did. Come on. But, hallelujah, God. But God. Even though I made a mistake, God, Romans 8.28. Romans 8. 
God is able to make all things work together for good for those who love the Lord, for those who are called according to his purpose. So God, even though I made a mistake, forgive me while I adjust this mic, and we've got to get a new one, I'm telling you. Um, my brothers and sisters, so even though I had made a mistake, God was able to go ahead and let me learn from that mistake. And my brothers and sisters, listen, not just me, there's many of you in this room, and this is why we're better together. And this is what I tried to tell some folks yesterday who were trying to tell me that, you know, it's not important for them to be in church. Listen, you know what? You may not, and I've told some of them just face to face, there are things that you can do. There are things that you can provide in that church that I can't. It's not about what you can get out of that church. It's what you're bringing to that church. And you may think that you're not bringing anything, but you're bringing a bunch. There are people in this church that, that minister to each other that I'm not even in the middle of it. Thank God. No, no, seriously, right? There are experiences that some of you have had, and there are people in this room that can relate to other people that I can't relate to so readily. Come on. Come on. Now, if you're a woman, I want to tell you, most of the time I pray uh, in a group, or I'll ask Michelle or somebody to pray. And it's not because um, I'm a freak. It's not, it's not it, you know, I, I, I don't, I, I'm, I'm not weird, and I, it's not beneath me to pray with them. I'll pray with you. I'll pray with you all day long. I'll pray with you. I'll, I'll lay hands on you and, and properly and do everything decently in order. But I also want to make sure that there is a woman there so that if there's something that maybe a woman spiritually can relate, you know, maybe God is, come on, I want to make sure that everything is being taken care of decently and in order and that there's a spiritual acumen or there's a, a relativity going on that maybe I'm not experiencing in that moment. Are you with me? Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. And my wife has great, she's better at discerning than I am. She, her gift of discernment is better than mine. So be careful around her. If you, just, just saying. So, so now watch. Then there's, so, so, so you have the church crowd and part of the church crowd is based on, and I'm not just talking about the name it and claim it's. I'm talking about every day, and I know I'm running long. I'm sorry. But listen, um, so now the, the other one. Remember blind Bartimaeus, right? Blind Bartimaeus. He know, he, he's blind, but he hears this is Jesus, and he knows of Jesus. Jesus' fame has spread out, and he knows Jesus is a preacher. He knows Jesus is a teacher, and Jesus is a healer. And he's calling on Jesus, and he calls him son of David. He's calling out to him. He knows you're the king. When he says that, he's confessing something with his mouth. You're the king. And what does the church do? Shut up! Yep. You're making a fool of yourself. Keep quiet. Simmer down. That's not the way they do it. Anybody been in churches like that? Now, having said that, let's go, f I'm going to be fair. I've also been in the churches where it is, <laughs> not decent in an order, I can tell you that right now. No, I'm serious. So, so look, you got every... But my brothers and sisters, just because you have the... Wah, that doesn't mean that you shouldn't have that, that spiritual flow that is from God. Amen. It doesn't mean that there's no use for discernment, prophecy, tongues, uh, uh, you know, and, and all of the, the manifestations of God to flow in, this, in the service. We should have that, right? Decently in an order. But now you have the crowd, the church mob, quiet, quiet. Not Jesus. Bring him to me. Bring him to me. And what does Jesus say? What do you want? Did Jesus have to ask? No. no. But he had to confess. Yes. He had to confess. Yes. Right? Do, do you, let me ask you something. When you get with God, do you actually confess? And I don't mean just confess your sins. You should. Acknowledge your sins. 
You need to acknowledge your sins. God knows you've done them, but now you need to acknowledge them. You remember in, in that Psalm 51, and we used that not too long, I think a couple of weeks ago when we were using David as an example. Remember David when he confessed in that Psalm, right? He knew that God already knew. <laughs> and when he confessed it, he confessed that, you know what, I've sinned against you. This isn't just an idea that, you know, I've caused people harm and hurt and all that. But this is a sin because you say it's a sin. This is against you. See, so my brothers and sisters, yes, should we, if someone's offended us or if we've offended somebody else, should we make it right with them? Should we forgive? Should we have those kind of, absolutely. But we need to go to God. Because God is the one that says, that's wrong. So we acknowledge that and humble ourselves before God. Amen? Amen. And then what about that? When we go to him, what do I really want? God, what do I, I want my kids to be saved. Okay, so does he. But what do I really want right now? What can I sp pray specifically? Lord, my fill in the blank is, is in the middle of this. Can you please give me wisdom? Give me some understanding here. Come on. I, I'm, is this right for everybody? Maybe not. But, but what is it that you want? When I see scripture like this, and I know it's obvious that Jesus, and, and this doesn't say, again, name it and claim it. That, or you have to name it so you can claim it yours, though, so you have faith for it. No, I don't think it's just that. I, I don't think it's just that. I think it's, where am I? Where, where's my heart? What do I, what do I really want? And, and listen, Am I really humbling myself before Jesus? Am I really, or do I feel like he owes this to me? Come on. You see what I'm saying? Does, is that flowing with anybody? Is that hitting home with anybody? Because it's hitting me right now. You know, do I really set in that moment and understand this is the king of kings and lord of lords that I'm talking to. This is the one who I just made a mistake two uh, hours ago and yelled at my wife. I, I, and now I'm sitting before him and I'm asking him for these things. You know, am I, am, is my heart right? Am I in this right place? Come on. I'm not just talking about your sin. I'm not, come on. I, I feel like I'm losing some of you. I think this is important. Where am I right now in this moment? Come on. So I think about this. So we've got the mob, the church, and we've, you know, where are we? Who's ruling the church? Who's in charge in the church? Amen. Hallelujah. I, I like the other one. This one is a story that we all like. Remember the women who had the woman, excuse me, who had the issue of blood yes. for 12 years, right? And she tried everything. She exhausted her, her fortune and she did everything she could do. I went to every doctor, every miracle healer, you know. She even tried to get a hold of uh, Benny Hinn and couldn't get him. <laughs> but she, so, so she's trying to get a hold of everybody and she couldn't get anybody. So, but she, she I, I love, she's determined and she says, I know. And, and you know the whole story. It's unlawful her, for her to be out, right? Yeah. But there's this crowd. Jesus is, the Bible says he's literally, he's being thronged. And he says, you know, when she says, if I could just touch the hem of his garment, I'm, I'm going to be healed. I know that. All I have to do is, all, listen, all I have to do is get that close to him. He's, he's so powerful. Yes. He has such authority. All I have to do is get that close to him. Amen? Amen? Who touched me? 
Now watch. You know the story, right? Come on, Jesus. Who didn't touch you? It'd be let's let's try to. It'd be easier to figure out who didn't touch you. Everybody's touching you. We look at this middle of the crowd that we're in. Come on. No, no, no. Jesus, no, no, no. This was different. This was different. See, Jesus is here right now for all of us. For some of us, it's going to be different. Now, I'm not casting stones. I'm not pointing fingers. But do you understand that? There, there's, there, there may be one in here right now, maybe more, that say, man, I wish you'd hurry up. I'm getting hungry. He said the, he, when he said the golden corral, that got my mind on food. I'm, right? Or I got some place to go. Come on. Uh, he's running late. It's already been this late. We, the, the service started late. He went late. He showed that video. Blah, blah, blah. I need to go. No, seriously. Right? We're human. Mm. But is that person experiencing the same thing that some of you other folks that are here and listening? And, and listen... And Holy Spirit is saying, ding, ding. Because I know it, I, I could stay here all day. Lock the doors, though. <laughs> no, but, 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 but seriously, the Lord is zeroing in on me. The Lord is teaching me as he's teaching you. As I'm ministering, I'm hearing myself minister. My brothers and sisters, I need to know this. I need to practice this. We all do. See, a lot of us in this room and listening is certainly by list, uh, over the uh, digitally. You know, we've tried things. We've tried this. We've tried that. That didn't work. We tried it for a little while. No. Mm -mm. This, this woman was different. She's not trying anything. She's not trying this. I know this. Let me tell you something else. Do you think that she was the only one in that crowd that had some kind of medical issue that made it unlawful for them to be there? No way. Do you think that you're the only one in this room right now that has a secret sin? Ooh, got a little quiet. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. But here's the difference. Here's the difference. We're not here trying to figure out who's that one. What we're here right now is to get in his presence, touch the hem of his garment, and leave here different than when we came in. Hallelujah. And you could do that. You could do that. That's what this is about. It's about coming in and leaving different than the, when we came in. Why? Was we just get at the hem of his garment. Hallelujah. But listen, there has to be the attitude. I know that when I leave there, something's going to happen. I want to tell you, honestly, I, you've heard me brag on the church that we went to in Carolina for so many years, like six plus years. And still, I, I listen to Pastor Lorraine a lot. Um, but I did not want to miss a service because I knew that God was going to be there. Why? Because I worshiped this pastor? No. There were some things that maybe, you know, me, I, I, I could probably disagree on and get into a conversation with him. But I knew that he was preaching his heart. And my brothers and sisters, I knew if it didn't exactly hit me square in the chest as it relates to my condition or where I was with the Lord, I knew that I was going to get something served to me that I would be able to minister to somebody else in a way that I didn't think of it before. And you've heard me say this before. Or I knew that, you know, if I was part of the prayer team that, kind, that week, I'd have somebody to pray with because I knew people were going to come down to that altar. My brothers and sisters, it, it, you just knew. I did not want to miss an evening service. We went Sunday nights, right, Rach? Sunday nights. I dragged the kids there too. Sunday nights. We went. Why? Because I knew that there was going to be an encounter with God. I knew I was going to hear the Word of God. I knew the Holy Spirit was going to be there. That's the way it should be here. Right? Whether Tony's on or off that day, whether Tony preaches, oh, God is here. 
Because His Word is here. And because you're here. So I'm coming in here. If we all come in here with that anticipation, I'm coming in there. I know I'm going to hear something from God. I know that I'm going to get into the presence of God. I know that I'm going to be able to touch the hem of His garment. Something's going to change. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Boy, I got excited about that. So now let me, let me just go back just real quick to that scripture. If you good case in the, the Hebrews 10 scripture. Look at verse 23. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering. For he who promised is faithful. Man, he promised. So we have to, my brothers and sisters, look, we have to come in here with expectation that our king will meet us here. And our king is the ultimate authority. It doesn't matter what the crowd says, the secular crowd or the Christian crowd. It doesn't matter. What matters is what does the king say? Amen? What does he say about you? What does he say about me? What does he say about us together? And he's saying together we should stir each other up in, the, in love and good works. Right? That we should come together and there should be this stirring, if you will. I'm leaving here today stirred up. I hope you are too. Stand with me, please. Hallelujah. 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 Glory to God. And I, I'd love to sing, but I can't. <laughs> Hallelujah. 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 I love you, Lord. I love you, Lord. And I lift my voice to worship you. Oh, my soul, rejoice. Take joy, my King, in what you hear. Let it be a sweet, sweet sound. In your ear. Hallelujah. 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 Lord, we want to be touched by you. Lord, we want to touch your garment and we want to know, Lord, that you have had that. It's different. Lord, please, I'm begging you in the name of Jesus, let it be different for many of us that heard your word today. Let this touch be different. Lord Jesus, let you now have virtue leaving you coming to us. Father, please, let there be virtue that's transferred to this people for all of those who heard your word today and all of those who know that they know that they're still a work in progress, but they are beloved. So touch us, Lord, with a fresh touch and a fresh anointing. Father, give us more strength, more boldness, more wisdom, that you may be glorified in all of our lives. And Lord, while we're together in this attitude of prayer, I pray again for all of our young people, whether it be in this room or whether they're not, Father, that they, would be, that they would be also touched and anointed. Father, that they would, that they would be turned off totally by what the culture is telling them is absolutely normal. That somehow, some way, Father, what they've been taught as children, will come back to them as young adults, and they will follow you. In Jesus' name, Lord, we pray these things and lift them up to you. Father, I lift up this church to you. This small body of believers who calls this church their home, that calls these people their family. 
Father, I pray that in the days, the weeks, whatever, that you would draw us closer to each other as we are all drawn closer to you. And Lord, that you would give us revelation, strength, and knowledge, that we would see those things that the enemy is doing. And that, Father, we would make you famous, not here, but in our communities when we're sent from here. Father, again, I pray all this in the precious and mighty name of Jesus, our Lord, our Savior, and our soon-coming King. Amen? Amen? Amen. God bless you all. Go in peace. Have a great week. Let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, my strength and my Redeemer. God bless you.